Hello, I am Katrina Collier, and as part of my mission to inspire all the people that recruit people to treat people better, I bring you the Hiring Partner Perspective Unedited podcast. Here, you will hear from those hiring leaders who create true partnerships with recruiters, HR, and talent acquisition because they know that it delivers a better result for the business and a better human experience. May this podcast inspire other hiring leaders to create better partnerships with their recruiters and HR. And may it inspire recruiters to create true and valuable partnerships with their hiring leaders because people make businesses succeed and people matter. So let us begin. Suzanne Lucas, welcome to the Hiring Partner Perspective, proudly supported by the beautiful people at WorkDrive. For listeners who actually don't know who you are, they might know your alter ego though, can you tell the world what it is you do? Well, what I do is kind of weird and complicated. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite so easy. Um, Yeah, but that's what makes you so fabulous. Yes, fabulous. Um, (laughs) So... If you don't know my name, it um, you you may know me as the evil HR lady, and I'm basically all over the internet. Um, my <laughs> primary thing, my primary thing is I write about HR, business, management, um, but it's, I'm not a reporter, so I'm not like going out and interviewing people and writing up what they think. I am telling you how to apply all of this stuff. To your life and your business and to make your business better or to make your relationship with your manager better or to explain your rights as an employee, um, that type of, of thing. So that's one thing that I do. Yeah. Another thing is that why I- why would we just do one thing when we can do so many different things? Right. <laughs> well, I'm kind of got this attention deficit disorder thing going on. So I like to have mm. 400 things going on at once. Um, I- I also do webinars. I did once upon a time. You may you may have known this, but there was a time when people like went places and mm, and did in person things. Was like, that something like 2019? Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. way back, way back, way back. <laughs> so, <laughs> once upon a time, I did go places and speak, and now I do it via webinar. Or yep. I did this year a virtual reality keynote, which was amazing. Yeah. Was totally weird um was that for the virtual hr summit it was no it was for it was for a um recruiting convention right. in canada of all places but because it was all virtual i did it in my living room yeah in Switzerland, and they made me this nice little avatar and it was cool so cool and you wore the headset and everything yeah i wore the headset yeah. and um and so you could see the audience yeah. And they were all these different creatures because it's yeah, yeah. virtual reality. <laughs> but it was so weird because it was like viewing it in real, like you could see people shifting in their seats or yeah. someone would get up and walk out and you're like, oh, dang it. I'm, I'm doing well would, here. <laughs> someone new would come in and sit down yeah. and um, like you could tell when they were paying attention. Whereas when yeah. you're doing it via Zoom and you can't see anybody's faces or whatever, you're like, I'm just talking to a wall. So it was a Very really cool. neat experience. I don't know yeah. if it'll catch on though. Yeah, no, I've done one as well. I have a feeling we've done it for the same person as well. <laughs> um, and 
Lance was panting at yes. my feet through the whole thing. Lance. My dog. Yeah. And it was oh, like. Wait. Lance was the name of the guy at the thing too. <laughs> oh, right. No, no. It was Matt. Uh, two different peoples, but Canada as well. So it's quite interesting. Maybe they're stolen from each other. But it, um, he was panting at my feet. So even though I was aware of everything you're saying, I was totally distracted as well. But yeah, it's a much better experience as well. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Now, I don't know that I would enjoy it so much as a participant yeah. as I did as a speaker. But. It, does make you wonder about the whole metaverse thing that's coming as well but that's completely off topic and not why I wanted to talk to you yeah that's <laughs> that's a different topic that's a whole other whole going <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I've retired before that takes over um so I saw your article that you wrote for ink.com if you think the great resignation is bad just wait until January and I love that because especially as the UK is already a bit behind because the US is certainly having its great resignation. I think we're about three months behind, so we're about to have it about on to top it. of January. With very exhausted recruiters who are trying to backfill because we obviously overfired, now we're trying to overhire and it's just all a mess. Um, but I would love to talk to you more about that because, you know, some of the stuff you were saying, which was people waiting for bonuses and then resigning. And I know of one specific person who's doing exactly that. She is literally waiting for it. <laughs> is this so? Like, what's your advice for hiring managers and managers full stop? I mean, here's the thing. If you don't give them the bonus, they will definitely quit. So, yeah. um, so you can't say, oh, I'll just say the bonus is coming next week. Um, that's, yeah. that's not going to help. You have to do that, but you have to do more. And, and this is where we get stuck in this old school sign of thought that I am the employer, you should be grateful for me. Mm. Um, you know, I give you and actually, um, since I'm sitting here in Switzerland, I'll throw in a, a, a German term, they use, like the owner of the company, the word that they use is, is work giver. So it's like this very benevolent, yeah. I give this to you. And I think mm. a lot of Americans have this concept too. I, but that is switching. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like when you and I started out, you're a few years younger than me. You know, we had that carrot and the stick. You were lucky to have a job. But fast forward 30 years and throw in a pandemic. Yeah. And people are not like that anymore. And now it's very much, hey, you're lucky to have me yeah, as an employee. And managers, owners have to do that switch. And the thing is, is that the employees are right. Um, your business disappears if your employees go away. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's gone. And and there are options now. Um, and, you know, one of the things as a, I'm working with a, a coaching client. I also do coaching. Um, <laughs> and she lives in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. And, you know, she works for a local company, but she's done with them for good reason. And 10 years ago, they would have had a lock on her because she grew up there. Her husband grew up there. You know, grandma's right there. There's no reason for her to want to leave. She doesn't want to leave, but now she doesn't have to. She's applying for remote jobs. Yeah. And, and the, these people that once upon a time didn't have any competitors for their employees 
now have competitors for their employees. Mm -hmm. And that is true whether you're in New York City or London or the middle of nowhere, Iowa. You now have competitors um, that you didn't have before. No, which is a goldmine of opportunity. But what I'm hearing is for some recruiters and talent acquisition, thankfully not all, but they're already having this problem where they've got hiring managers saying, we will only recruit people who want to come into the office. In fact, I saw a post even yesterday, like, I can't believe that people don't want to come into a po- into the office and they don't need to for this particular job either. Um, w- what advice do you have for us to convince them? What can, other than slapping them around with a cold, wet fish, which is <laughs> a really great option that we shall leave in 2021 and not do in 2022, but... <laughs> What can we do to persuade them? That, like, other than it gets to that critical point that they just can't recruit and they can't deliver projects and it's finally costing them money. Well, and some of them it's going to take just that. that. Some yeah. people have to learn the hard way um, and they're going to have to learn it that. And, and I will say there are people out there that want to work in an office. There, yes. there are. There absolutely are. I know many, many people that prefer that. Um, Just not five days a week anymore. Right. And even if they are doing it five days a week, they also want that flexibility to stay home whenever they want to because whatever. Avoid the commute. Avoid the commute. I need to get the laundry done or whatever. Um, So you have to have that flexibility built in there. But there are people out there. So if you want to focus on that, you focus on that. But just realize that you are cutting your group of people that are available down by two thirds. Because hmm. I think that's what the numbers say. Is that like a third of people are willing or want to work in an office? The stats uh, I've seen, it's like seven or eight percent. I. It's really low. See, I don't buy that. I no, because most people want to do like a three-two. Yeah, they want to do the hybrid is what hybrid. they really want. Yeah, yeah. So but a lot of companies are still saying fully because hybrid's hard. I But hybrid is my favorite um, yes. because you have all of the benefits from working from home and all of the benefits from working in the office. The problem with hybrid is that you limit your talent pool because yes. of geographics. Yeah, Although you then miss on the remote. <laughs> I'm willing to drive further if I'm coming into the office two days a week versus yeah. if I'm having to be there every day. Yeah, now, so there think, is that balance. But I think it's hard for managers to manage it. And it, that's some of the reason that they just can't cope with it. And this is one thing where HR needs to really step in and start doing that training on managers of how to do it. But here's the problem. Not everybody in HR knows how to do it either because we're all used to the whole managing by walking around. And um, in my in my Facebook group, we had someone ask, am I the only HR person that's an introvert? And everybody just like exploded. No, we're all introverts. Um, of course, we're not all introverts, but a lot of people are. And for an introvert, remote work can also have a challenge that's not there in person and you say, well, if I'm an introvert, then I want to be all alone. But if I'm an HR person and I, you know, I do employee relations, so I want to know what's going on. I want to make sure that no one's sexually harassing everybody. One of the best ways to do that is to know your people. Well, as an introvert, I walk around and I see you and I can say, hi, if I'm sitting at home, I have to make an effort 
to reach out to each person. And that's difficult for a lot of introverted people. Interesting. I would have thought it would have been the opposite, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, because if, if I run into you in the kitchen while I'm getting my cup of yes. tea or whatever, then, hi, I'm Suzanne. Oh, you know, Katrina, what do you do? Oh, okay. You know, I'm the employee relations person. Nice to meet you. But if we don't do that, then I have to be like, dear Katrina, my (laughs) name is Suzanne. I am the employee relations specialist. Let's schedule a call. (laughs) And then we do 16 emails just to get call booked in. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. And actually that would go back to managers will have that problem as well because there's proximity bias as well, isn't there? So they've got some work to do. Suzanne's sitting there in the office. Katrina's at home. You get the work, even though I might be better at doing it. But I'm exactly. Not and so HR really needs to, to work with managers to let them know what is different about managing from home because it's not instinctive. And the other thing is, is that in March of 2020, overnight, we went from an office-based culture to a home and no one was prepared for it. Yeah. And, and we all thought two weeks flat in the curve. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As we enter 2022. (laughs) I just got my my booster shot two days ago. So I'm like, yeah, we're still doing this. How is your arm? It's fine. I yes. I am one of the blessed people that I haven't had anything other than sore arms from all three shots. So So but yeah, so in which you know we bounced into with two weeks flatten the curve suddenly everyone's working from home and I suppose everyone just thought everyone would be back in the office again of course we did of course we did we two weeks we go home and everyone's back in the office and so when recruiters HR in general are trying to reach hiring managers to say look you need to at minimum do hybrid you also have to say and I'm going to support you in this and I am going to yeah. help you through this. And I am going to give you the skills and the tools. And this is something that the business needs to commit to. You need different forms of communication when yeah. you're working at, at home. Because that formal thing, the sending an email, dear Katrina, you know, yeah. that <laughs> doesn't work. You need mm. to be able to quote run in in the hallway in someone and you know and yeah. run into someone in the hallway, um, you know. And there's Slack, and that can mm. work to some extent, but there there's plenty of different programs out there. The HR mm. vendors have been on top of this, but you need to be aware of what's out there. As an HR person, you need to be able to speak up and offer training and say to them, "I know this is hard." Yeah. And I know I this is not what you're used to. Yeah. But and I think there needs to be more of that vulnerability. That this is we're all learning together. We haven't got right. it right yet. That kind yeah. of a thing. And but and, I definitely want to point out what is wrong though is monitoring software on people's computers to see how long they're sitting at their desk stroke, leaving a Zoom window open all day. Cause that is gonna cost you people. Just throwing that out there in case somebody that's listening actually doesn't realize that. There are still people that do that, although I think they have gone down in number. Hmm. Um, Oh, yeah, obviously don't bulk fire via Zoom as well, but we won't go there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That'll be a future podcast. (laughs) There we go. 
So the other thing we were obviously talking about, so if we're, we're trying to convince them to offer hybrid, and I think you've got some great clues there, and I think one of them is I will help you do this. I think actually that could be the biggest stumbling block to to doing it is the fear, oh, I'm not going to do it right. Oh, my God, I've been through enough. I'm so stressed. Just bugger off, come back into the offer office. So I like that idea. But we were also talking about, you know, there's been a change in people's rates. And, of course, there's been, I mean, here in the UK, due to Brexit, due to obviously the pandemic as well, but mostly Brexit, we've had a huge increase in inflation, uh, but we're not the only country. And then we're offering bonuses and salary increases that don't match. So people are are leaving for salary increases. So have you got any advice for managers on that? And what if they don't have money as well, which is you also touched on? Here's here is a reality, and a lot of um, people don't understand this. And yesterday, I was I was perusing through the anti work subreddit, <laughs> which is fascinating. <laughs> but one of the things that the people on there don't realize is that a lot of business owners are living on the edge. Yeah, um, a lot of them are not taking salaries at the start mm. of their businesses, and there's a lot of business owners that make less than their employees do. And people don't understand it. They think that if you start a business, you must have millions and millions of dollars sitting in the bank. Um, I started a business. You started a business. Yeah. Know we know that. that's not true. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe you've got millions and millions. Sitting in the bank. No, no. I, I definitely haven't earned as much as I did the last time I was like properly on a contract rate. However, I'm much happier. <laughs> well, same. But, so but wait, that's not your point. <laughs> that's not my point. My point is, is that there are times in which, in in which you literally cannot give raises to people. Yeah, because the easy answer is give raises, give bonuses, give mm. retention, blah blah blah. Um, those are great, and you should absolutely do them. But it's not something that is is easy for everyone, and that's when you have to. It's start probably not sustainable it. if you're close to the brink as well. Right. Right. So some of those things that you can do is offering equity and some owners go, but it's my business. Well, it's not going to succeed without employees. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's not, it's not. Mm. Um, And you need to look at more creative things like that, but you also need to speak with and be honest. You would be surprised at how much honesty Mm. retention because if you say to people like, look, here's my books, I I know that you could go to the competitor and make more. But this is where we're at. Mm. What can I do to keep you? Um, you know, is it equity? Is it flex time? Is it more vacation? Is it what remote is it? work? What is it? Because I'll tell you, you said you said you're much happier now than when when mm. you were working that. I yeah. um I I noticed the other day on LinkedIn one of my coworkers who we were making the same salary when I quit corporate life, mm. and she just promoted said you know I'm grateful to accept this new promotion. She's still at the same company, um, thirteen years down the road, and she's got yep. some huge, big title. And I know she's making a lot more than I am, but I also know that she's getting into the office at seven. She's coming home at seven. Yeah. (laughs) She's working into the night Uh, and that's fine. That's a trade-off that Mm. she's willing to make, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not willing to make that trade-off anymore. Yeah. 
And I agree. And I was actually, I was having this conversation with my chiropractor as he's, you know, fought to keep his business through this palaver. And he's known me very well. He's known me for years. And I said, I probably don't work eight hours a day. I work solidly for five or six hours though. And I put out what I probably would put out if I went into the office for 12 hours. It's that, it's that kind of a thing where the presenteeism as opposed to, and I think that's another thing that organizations don't really understand. It's how productive their people are. If they have the space, because obviously there are people working from home is a challenge. They've got kids running around. They don't have an actual space. But if they had the actual space to shut themselves off and work, you usually got a lot more done. And that's something that you can offer your employees, especially, I mean, if you're a grocery store, you have to have a cashier there. Like that's yeah. just how it is. You have to have one. But if you're doing knowledge work, which a lot of businesses are, mm-hmm. say, look, I will give you a four-day work week. I will keep you at that same salary, but you can have a four-day work week. They will probably get as much done yeah, as they are Great. with your five-day work week, <clears throat> but you will build loyalty because you know what? It's hard to find a four-day work week job. Mm-hmm. And so once you've cut back, yeah, <laughs> it's really hard to do the extra. The extra. And, and but also your employees will also be more relaxed they'll get more they'll feel more refreshed they've got more downtime they've got like these three-day weekends to go plan I mean they're going to put more effort in on their four days because they're feeling more energized exactly just how it is (laughs) and and that's something that you can offer if you I mean you should offer that anyway if you can but if you're running low on cash and your salaries aren't keeping up offer that perk yeah and I, I it's almost you, a 20% pay rise without giving one, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of people out there that will jump on that and say, yeah. hallelujah, but you have to mean it. So yes. you're saying, okay, you work four days. And so you're not going to be in on Fridays. Or you're not going to be in on Mondays or Wednesday or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, fine. You don't call them. You don't expect them. You don't say, oh, well, we have a client presentation on that day you don't schedule it on that day for them um because then what you're doing is just lying to them and remember when i said honesty let's yeah and and if it's going to be that you know once a quarter everybody needs to work five days a week because that's when we have our blah 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 fine be up front yeah and and people will know what they're getting into and you'll find people and if they leave also, can you imagine, you know, recruiting? This is an 80% job, four-day work week, work four-day yeah. a week. <laughs> work week. Four-day work week. Four-day work week. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, I think, I, I something I really want recruiters and managers and everyone to focus on in 2022 is those boundaries is what you're talking about. You know, too many people have sloppy boundaries. Either way, so either the manager does saying, you know, I'm going to give you four days, but actually technically I'm going to five because I'm going to WhatsApp you at 10 p.m. and stuff like that. And then the employees have to push back and say, no, this is the boundary. This is what we agree. And this is how we're going to work. There needs much more clarity around that. It, it, it really, really does. And they need to be on both sides. I mean, yeah. one, of, one of the things that I found, I live in Switzerland, Almost all of my clients are in the U.S. I write from an American perspective. Mm-hmm. Someday I will move back to the U.S. Um, uh, so 
I frequently will send emails when people are sleeping. Yeah. I don't expect them to get up at three in the morning to respond. Likewise, they send me emails while I'm sleeping, but they don't expect me. And that's one of these things that we have to change in the culture. Okay. Mm. So you're going to get copied on this on your day off, but you don't have to open it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's going to show up in your inbox. There might be some Slack messages there, but you don't have to look at it. Exactly. You know, we are not doing brain surgery here. I mean, mm. brain surgeons, they're someone that has to work in the office. <laughs> yeah. The rest of us are not doing brain surgery. No one's going to die if you don't open your email. It's interesting because you and I both deal with the US a lot. And I occasionally, thankfully, rarely will get somebody go, can we speak at 4 p.m. West Coast time? And I just laugh and go, no, I'm not speaking at midnight. And we sort that out. But I don't know that recruiters do that enough because they have a lot of problems working into their evenings. And I think they just need to establish some ground rules like you're talking about saying like for our overlap of working time is going to be four to five in the afternoon if they're on the West coast, unfortunately, but you know, and just try and pull their hours back because there's some recruiters working some ridiculous hours. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I saw in a recruiter group that I'm in, um, Someone said, I was doing an, a phone interview with someone, and then I heard in the background a knock at their door, and it was clear that they were at the at, at work, and so I, I can't believe someone would do a job interview from work. I am rejecting them. What? <laughs> exactly. And huh. fortunately, most of the people in the group were like, are you crazy? Mm. What? What do you think people, when, when you set up an appointment at two in the afternoon, where do you think they are? They're not going to take a vacation day for a, a 30 That's minute it. phone screen yeah. from the recruiter. They're not going to do that. Um, and then and I you don't know they weren't at home having their wife knock or their husband knock on the door, whatever their partner, their spouse, whatever. That's the other thing. People are like, oh, how dare someone be okay. I live in the city. I have two kids. Um, and so sometimes my kids are not little, they are 18 and 13. And still from time to time, one of them will wander in on me. I'm like the door, bedroom door closed means go away. But there you go. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, this is, this is part of my life. And at which point, you know, I'll say, go away. I'll be done in 15 minutes. Yo, is anything on fire? No. All right, go. Yeah, um, because we're not I, little. I will confess, there is a actual like note to Royal Mail on the door because, of course, I'm expecting a package, which of course is due the only time that I'm recording a podcast today. <laughs> so I put a note on the door saying, "Please don't ring the bell." Thank goodness that Banjo is not here, or there'd be dog barking. And <laughs> so, but you can manage that sort of stuff, can't you? But right. Well, interesting and, and- that she didn't realize that what a bias she was having there as well. And, and this is something that, you know, when you talk about boundaries, we also need to live in reality. Mm. And the reality is, is that when you're hiring people, they're taking time off of work to speak with you. So they deserve feedback, people. They deserve feedback. Feedback. And <laughs> here's, here's one of my pet peeves of hiring. We have this thing where after I... After I have a job interview, then I'm supposed to send you, the interviewer, a thank you note thanking you for taking your time. You're being paid to interview me. You should be thanking me. Absolutely. For taking, 
taking off work or if I'm unemployed, I've got to hire a babysitter or I've, you know, mm. washed my hair and put on pants, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she means trousers for the British listeners. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I mean trousers. <laughs> Hopefully. But- Everybody's wearing British pants all the time. It's so true. And actually, then I see bias around that. Oh, they didn't send me a thank you note, so I'm not proceeding with them. I mean, seriously, most people don't know to do that. We're we're a little older. We we remember, you know, we would do things. We would send a thank you note. We'd probably put a cover note on our application as well. Um, so that's just what we were taught to do. But yeah, the the stuff I see, which is just kind of crazy. Um, but and I think a recru- to me, a recru- it's interesting. You live in Switzerland. A recruiter's job is to be neutral. You're looking for the best person for that role and to match that person to the hiring manager and to remove all of your silly little biases. I saw one this morning and she was saying, if anyone sends me a message, uh, dear sirs, she rejects them. I'm like, well, culturally, that's what some people in some countries use. So what, what are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's another whole podcast episode. <laughs> it, it, it is, but this is also something where where recruiters and HR need to be coaching the hiring managers on that as well too. And you know, living in that global society that we live in, mm-hmm. um, you know, where where I live in Switzerland in Basel, Basel is fifty percent Swiss and fifty percent foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amazing. So if you're a Swiss hiring manager, you've got to be willing to accept some of the quirks of of other cultures. Yeah. Um, you just do, or you're not getting anybody. And mm. basically the whole world is this way now. There's mm. there's very small enclaves of tiny towns where everyone is the same, but otherwise we're global. And yes, you can say, um, Hey, I, as the recruiter will say as a tip, Hey, in the future, don't use dear sirs, say dear hiring manager, if you don't know a name Yeah. or if you're not sure what pronouns are, just say dear full name, you know, Mm. instead of dear Ms. Jones, just say dear Hannah Jones, you know, just, but that's a five minute fix and not something that you should reject someone. Exactly. I mean, I was always taught to do like dear sir and madam back in the yeah. day. Now I'd probably do like hi Suzanne, comma, into a new sentence. And if that got me rejected, that would be fine because, you know, I'm a bit relaxed like that. <laughs> well, see, but this is the thing is if you're applying for a job in Switzerland, that doesn't go. You right. need to say dear Ms. Lucas. Right. Um, because I'm not even supposed to call my neighbor by her first name until she's allowed me to. Um, but as an American, I, I, you know, the only person I would use a title for would be like a My governor or a senator <laughs> or something or doctor, you know, I'd be yeah. like, hello, Dr. Jones. Otherwise I'd be like, hi, I'm Suzanne. And I, people, I freak people here out all the time because I'll, I always will say, hi, this is Suzanne instead of hi, hello, here's Frau Lucas. You know, I'm like, and they're like, who? I'm like. Frau Collier, I just wouldn't like it. (laughs) It's it's amazing, isn't it? So there we go. Lots of work should be done. But I think a lot of it really is that just start getting a bit more honest, set some good boundaries. You know, if you're going to find other ways around, yeah, I can't compete on salary, but this is what I can offer. Yeah. 
and and HR a little bit more humble actually as well like hey you're not in charge (laughs) the internet has made it so that people can see the jobs you are no longer in charge yeah yeah (laughs) and and people can see salaries now that they didn't weren't able to before and Mm. starting I guess tomorrow in New York they have to put the job range on the yeah on the the job posting um Colorado did that earlier this year and companies that were hired remotely started saying we'll hire you know you can live anywhere but Colorado because they didn't want to put the range and I'm like why why are you gonna waste Mm. my time and honestly when exactly who's gonna apply without a salary I'm not I don't know I'm not gonna waste my time I'm not gonna waste my time if you're not offering me Enough. You're like, well, the market rate, well, fine. Then put whatever the market rate is on there. And don't do the stupid ranges. I see these sometimes. Range, 52,000 to 150,000. No, it's not. <laughs> the the most annoying one I had was um, doing, I, I was facilitating a workshop. I'm just saying that to annoy you. Um, <laughs> but I, that's what I was doing as the proper person at the front leading it. Um, and HR would say the salary is like 40 to 45 thousand euros but you can only offer 42 and a half like what is that as well so the poor hiring managers are pulling their hair out going but you said 40 to 45 why can't I offer so there's much work to be done (laughs) and and this is this is where the honesty thing comes in as well just just be honest yeah just just be honest and do you know how much hassle honesty saves you oh so much so much so, so, so much. And be open. This is how much this mm-hmm. job pays. Oh, well, my current employees might see that I'm offering more. Well. Perhaps you might notice they're leaving. Because <laughs> they're going to walk across the street and make yeah. a bigger salary. And I think the pandemic has, one, a lot more people are using technology than perhaps were. Like a lot of people have become a lot more confident with it because they've had to. And I think that whole life realization of, I don't have to stay where I'm not happy. It's been a real wake-up call. It's been a real wake-up call. It really has. Well, Suzanne Lucas, you are, of course, amazing. And I don't know why you said evil HR lady, really, but (laughs) I'm just trying to work that out. You're so not evil. Is it it, because HR is evil? (laughs) It was fantastic marketing before I even knew about branding and all of that. And it's just stuck. Um, If people want to find you, is that the easiest? Just Twitter you or? can I am so easy to find if you google evil HR lady I will pop up um I my website is evilhrlady.org you can see my Facebook group which is called evil HR lady um I'm on LinkedIn as my actual name Suzanne Lucas <laughs> <laughs> oops just as well though because they'd shut you down otherwise yes um, you're, yeah and and you know, anyone interested in HR and how we can do the world of work better should join that group because it's quite fascinating seeing the discussions and just seeing what work needs to be done. And it's a really good group. Um, yeah. There's really good people in there. And I have this fantastic team of moderators who admittedly don't get paid. No. I, I do send them chocolates from time to time. <laughs> yeah. I send Swiss chocolates. Yes. I'll, I'll just give you my postal addresses the end uh, we'll do that. <laughs> anyway thank you again i really appreciate your time as ever amazing advice <laughs> it was so fun to talk with you thank you for listening to the hiring partner perspective unedited podcast proudly supported by the people at work drive 
Hopefully you really enjoyed what you heard and have left feeling inspired. And if so, I would love your help to create real change. Please pass this podcast on to your hiring leaders and other recruiters and HR. Even share it on your social channels if you feel so inclined. But the more reach we can get, the more change we can create. So please remember to subscribe, of course, on your favorite podcast platform. And do come and say hello at Hiring Partner Perspective on Instagram, where I share behind the scenes of what's going on. Until next time, thank you. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.